Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going, and I guess usually not, hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm barely alive. And yeah, I guess same here. Tech did not go, also died, fell to the UAB Blazers by a final score of 20 to 14. Yep, that's what happened. Exactly. Yep. Yep. What she said. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a game that felt like it was over at the end of the third quarter just to come back into it and what felt like what would be a good storyline, a come-from-behind victory against a team that we struggled against in recent years, but that's just not what happened. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, It felt like we shouldn't have had that chance to come back at the end and then not cashing in on uh, what I'm sure we'll talk about as golden opportunity there at the end to win the game and win the division because as we're talking here uh southern miss has just officially lost to western kentucky um which means we would have clinched the division had israel tucker caught that ball and gone into the end zone in all likelihood but um he didn't and here we are yeah I mean, there were still two minutes on the clock, so you don't know what UAB is going to do, obviously. It's one of those plays where if you're the opposing team, you can point to that play and say, this is why they lost. If he caught the ball, we probably would have won the game. But we shouldn't have even been in that place to begin with. It shouldn't have come down to that play at the end of the game there. That It's hard to find positive things to talk about after getting your heart ripped out of you like that. Yeah, I mean, this was a close game. I mean, there were some calls and plays that barely went UAB's way that really ended up helping them in the end. I, I think, I mean, you know, we lost, we got outplayed, we got outgained offensively. Um, but like that fourth down botch snap slash fake field goal that did not make it to the 25 yard line, but they said did, and then reviewed it and said did, uh, was, you know, they, they scored a touchdown three plays later or whatever. So, I mean, that's, that's a rough call that you can't really, uh, if Josh was here, he'd be yelling about, how whoever was in coverage, if you will, on that play should not have let that tight end or whatever catch the ball. And I I agree with them, but at the same time, it looked very clear to to everyone, including our good friend Dave, uh, Char Millionaire, that he did not have the first down. So I I think that was Snead that was defending that play, or defending is in air quotes, but again, that doesn't really come across in podcasts. But Snead's also the one that got the interception in the end zone that set up the almost comeback from the dog. Yeah. But if he didn't <laughs> if he didn't allow that first down conversion, or at least didn't allow him to make the catch and questionably gain a first down, then that interception may not have been needed. Yeah. What really I hated to see in the second half was UAB's quarterback, whose name I have already forgotten, Hopkins. <laughs> in the first half, he made some throws that seemed lucky knowing what we know about him. He's the kind right. of guy who throws the ball deep. It's not very accurate. And a lot of times the other team comes down with it. And he had a couple really good throws. So usually when you look at that, you say, okay, so he's usually really bad at this. He's had two lucky throws in the first half. So in the second half, he'll make some bad ones but we couldn't stop the run enough to make him throw the ball. UAB's defense was playing. We're stopping the run. You have to throw to beat us. And when Aaron Allen was good, we weren't able to score points and move the ball down the field. And there are times where Aaron Allen struggled because he's a redshirt freshman and he'll struggle at times. 
and UAB was banking on that not being enough, on Aaron Allen not being enough to beat the Blazer defense. But with right. Hopkins in the game, Tech needed to take that same approach. Say, you need to beat us with your quarterback. We're going to stack the box. We're going to stop the run. We're going to make sure he doesn't get more than three or four yards of carry. And if you beat us over the top, then whatever, because we don't think you'll be able to make those throws very often. We needed a turnover far earlier than we got one. And yeah. we yeah. couldn't have forced one because we couldn't stop the run long enough to let them throw the ball. That was my little mini rant right there. I'm- yeah, I mean, if you look at their rushing stats as a team, they ran 44 times for 3.8 yards, which is pretty decent defensively but i don't have like a half by half breakdown but in that third quarter we were not stopping them for less than five yards i i, I mean that's anecdotal at best but like uh, you're right i mean you're absolutely right you got to force that guy to throw because as we saw he i mean he overthrew his receiver and threw it straight to sneed who was in like center fielder mode there ah, man i can't get past israel tucker dropping that ball man because like we're not we're almost certainly not going to win the division now there's still a chance i'm sure we'll talk about it when we record tomorrow but if he catches that ball and waltzes into the end zone our chances of winning the division are pretty much you know 98% at that point and that's just really you know that really that really sucks for him because you know he's a good player and i'm not like blaming him personally or anything but like man that's that's rough because right now his stat line says three receptions for 31 yards and it should say four for about 115 or whatever and a touchdown. But, you know. And Aaron Allen, who's been getting most of the hate, he throws a perfect pass in a time where the most yep. desperate time where you need a perfect pass thrown. Oh, and UAB blew the coverage 100%. I mean, I don't think they ever showed us a replay of it that I remember. I was just too sad to look at it, too busy yelling curse words to the heavens. There's a saying in football and a saying I don't like very much, but maybe it comes true here where there's such a thing as being too open. Yeah. He knew he, there was nobody around him. He saw the green in front of him. He knew there was no safety help and he kind of yipped the ball away, got the yips and dropped the ball. Yeah, man. I, I want to talk about another thing. I, I know we talked about the refs already on the fourth down fake field goal thing, man. Uh, their DBs were draped all over our wide receivers all night. They called it on the very first pass play of the game. If I remember correctly, they called pass interference. Then the whole rest of the game, they did the exact same thing. And maybe even worse than that first one, to be honest with you, there were times like on the, on the smoke Harris touchdown slash maybe not touchdown, but they called it a touchdown where their DB had smoke Harris in his arms and was pushing him forward before the ball got there. And the ref is standing right there. Now the ref, I guess, was looking for the touchdown and not for the pass interference. So I'll give him that. But sometimes they they had Tech's wide receivers turned by the shoulder pads right before the ball got there. And we got outplayed, right? I'm making excuses, I know. But like, man, there were times when I'm just like, what are you looking at out there, refs? Like, what are you doing? Um, So there's my little mini rant, I guess. What's interesting, too, is both teams were penalized eight times for 70 yards. So this was a heavily penalized game, and maybe the idea that the refs didn't want to throw too many more flags than they already were and kind of let the, the more minor stuff go. But if someone commits a penalty, they commit a penalty. It doesn't matter how many penalties have been committed in the game. I'm not as far on the defensive pass interference should have been called every other play or whatever. Like, not saying that that's your argument either, but I, right. there are a lot of times where I... I'm usually okay with this is pass interference, this is not pass interference, because there's a lot of gray area on what is and what isn't pass interference. Consistency is really the thing I care about the most. I'd say the same thing about baseball, where I don't care what's a ball and what's a strike as long as you call it for both teams. Right. And yeah, I didn't really see a lot of times where Tech was being called for pass interference is that UAB wasn't or vice versa. It felt like UAB was being more physical with our wide receivers and they weren't getting penalized, so they continued to do it. 
And if you're tech on the sideline, you have to realize that and realize you're allowed to be a little yeah. more physical with the receivers. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't really see that from our guys. So I mean, in a night where you need every point you can get and you need to stop every point that they can get, it really mattered more about the physicality. I, I would have liked to see. You know, it seemed like we came out with this mindset of like we're going to be aggressive and test them over the top, and then that kind of totally went away. Even though Aaron Allen was kind of on the money with all of his deep throws. Um, I know only one of them really connected, but like... You think when you're down, you go deep? Yeah, or just mix it up. I, I would have loved to see more play action, more of those screen passes that were so successful. Uh, because like you said, UAB was stacking the box and making Aaron Allen beat them. There are ways to get around that. And on that, um, I think it was the second to last drive, Aaron Allen connected on some quick throws out to Griffin Bear, And like, that was kind of missing the whole rest of the game. And I was like, where where are those quick throws at? You know, um, you got a player of the game. My player of the game is Sneed only because that interception in the end zone is the only thing. That yeah, it gave us tech. a chance. Yeah. Also, he totally got the fourth down stop there on the fake field goal. So shout out to him in an alternate universe, <laughs> you know. Also, uh, I'm going to give my player of the game in an alternate universe where I'm happy right now to Israel Tucker for that 85-yard touchdown on the first play of our last drive. Oh, wait. Now I'm back here and I'm sad again. So yeah. I give it I give it to no one. Um, the pain and, will linger for a few more hours at least. Yeah, I give it to North Texas who has to beat UAB next week for us to have a shot, really. And they have to avenge a loss to Rice. Yep, so not going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, man. Um, is there any other of our normal stuff we haven't done yet? We have our final thoughts, but we've talked a lot. Oh, yeah. Final thoughts are everything hurts and I'm dying. And I can agree to that. We'll be right back with more of the Go Tech, Please and Die podcast if we're still alive after this break. Hi, and welcome back to the Go Tech, Please Don't Die podcast. For the second half, I'm joined by Evan. Hey. Matt. Hello. And Josh. Hi. <laughs> I thought we were only supposed to be sad on the... I can be sad whenever I want. This is America. <laughs> is it? it doesn't feel like it anymore. No, it UAB is. keeps winning. Yeah. The first half of the second half of the show, or third quarter, if you will, we'll be previewing the 12th game of the year against UTSA. ESPN gives us a 90.1% chance to win. Massey gives us, I believe, also around a 91% chance to win. And Vegas has Tech winning by 20 and a half points. Whew. It's possible. <laughs> Which is possible. I don't know, guys. I don't really believe in anything anymore. That's <laughs> that's fair. UTSA is four and seven on the year, three and four in conference. Uh, a lot of people think this is going to be Frank Wilson's last game as coach at UTSA. So maybe something to play for for the players there to kind of help the coach save his job. Maybe oh, God. the three wins that they have over FBS teams are a combined. Those teams are combined four and twenty nine on the season. <laughs> Only slightly worse than us. <laughs> hey, come on now. That's uh that's Rice, UTEP, and ODU. And they wow, those are they beat ODU guys. who's one in ten by one point. So <laughs> So we're at least in double digits on that, right? Like it's yeah. over, Josh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seven, you want to tell me about their offense? Uh yeah, I mean a little bit. There there's not a ton we can say about this team because they're just not very good across the board, to be honest with you. But they score nineteen point seven points per game, which is near the bottom of the barrel they uh get about 340 yards per game which is um 110th and they have a pretty decent running game uh 4.3 yards per carry uh for all of their running backs and they've got kind of a dual threat quarterback that leads that named Lowell Narcisse um 
Wait, wasn't what? he like an LSU player at one point? Like, wasn't he on the team? You know what? That that sounds familiar. Oh, God, guys, not like this. Man. I mean, Frank Wilson was a recruiter at LSU. And yeah, he was oh. a former LSU four-star quarterback. Oh. Went to go play at UTSA after it didn't work out for LSU. He's from St. Like James. A, yeah. Doesn't look like it's so, working out there either. <laughs> it's a star for each win. Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. Sorry. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Go ahead. He's completing 53% of his throws, uh, about 1,200 yards passing, which is not great, 11 games deep or however, you know. Uh, Eight touchdowns, five interceptions, but he has been sacked 18 times. But with that being said, he's also a threat in the running game. He's he's the second leading rusher on the team, Um, 118 attempts, 492 yards and four touchdowns, so... You got to watch out for him. I think that may be why he gets sacked. He may he may be the kind of quarterback that tries to make something happen when there's nothing there. Yeah, other other than that, I mean, they're running backs okay. His name's Sincere McCormick. What a name. And uh, he's, yeah. <laughs> what a gotta name. Be fake. He's a witness protection or something. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, averaging over uh, five yards per carry, and he has eight touchdowns, 867 yards on the year. So pretty, pretty strong campaign for him. Um, and then their best wide receiver is a freshman named Zachary Franklin, um, 431 yards, three touchdowns. So again, nothing really to write home about, but uh, maybe their defense is better. Yeah, it's kind of better. They <laughs> give up 33.2 points per game. Again, remember, they only score 19.7 points per game. So that's a pretty big difference between the offense and the defense, what they're scoring. They also allow 422.7 yards per game. That's 87th in the country. Really, where this defense struggles is the running game. They give up 201 yards per game on the ground. And after Tech has faced two pretty good rushing defenses in UAB and Marshall, and UAB's was, what, like 10th in the country or something like that? Yeah, they're they're top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin Henderson and the rest of this running attack should really be able to go out there and just eat. Hopefully Dancy will be healthy enough to play on his senior day too, so that would be pretty big. But even beyond that, nothing really stands out about the team. Uh, certain players have more tackles than other players, but really there's yeah. nowhere to point to that says this is what makes this team good. Yeah, they don't get a lot of sacks. They don't get a lot of interceptions. I mean, it's there's not a ton going on, honestly. So Yeah, so yeah. it also makes it hard to preview them because we played two very good teams in a row. Well, Going into them, we didn't say that they were very good teams, but they beat us, and now we get to pretend like they're yes. great. We team. knew excellent. all along that they were excellent teams. Yes, <laughs> but it's, it, it feels weird going from okay, here's how UAB could beat us, here's how we could lose, here's how we could beat UAB to go to UTSA where it's expected that you win. Even if Jamar wasn't playing this game, which everything looks like he's going to be, and I would think they'd be he crazy to be. not play him. Yeah, he better be. Then I'd still think we have a. An above seventy five percent chance of winning this game with Aaron Allen, but still, it's it's hard to preview a game where it just it feels like playing FCS school on Senior Day. The only thing that may go into it is the lack of a crowd because it is Thanksgiving or two days after. Yeah. So we're going to use some of this time to preview the Conference USA Championship game picture. We are still in this. Are we? Yes. Well, if you want to, yeah. I mean, mathematically not eliminated. Well, if I can be sincere McCormick for one second. I knew that was going to come up at some point. Uh, I'd say our odds are pretty slim. I mean, so our only way into the ship is if we win and UAB loses. Yep. Boy, oh boy. The stakes yeah. have never been higher. 
this action is all going on at the same exact time, pretty much. Uh, Southern Miss is at FAU at 2.30 Central on NFL Network. And then Tech plays UTSA on, I think, ESPN+. Plus. I don't know. And uh, and UAB and North Texas play. And, and that's at North Texas where Dave from the Daily Dragon, or the old Daily Dragon last week, told us that they've never won in Denton. So maybe there is hope. Um, and that takes place at 3. So... I guess UAB could theoretically know what they need to do in the last like 10 minutes of game time, but that shouldn't help them too much anyway. Okay. (laughs) So we, we had talked about this before the UAB game last week in our GTPDD super secret chat. And basically the, the tiebreakers are pretty run of the mill. It's, you know, first it's CUSA record, then it's head to head, then it's who has the better record in the division, uh, which is why if all three teams lose on Saturday, USM would win because they're playing a cross divisional opponents. So they would have a better division record. The next tiebreaker is to compare records against divisional opponents in descending order of finish, uh, which basically means who'd you lose to in the division and all three of these teams lost to each other. So if we get that far, that's going to be a tie as well. Uh, now, five and six is where it gets weird. Compare records against cr- common cross-divisional opponents. So, okay, so each team in CUSA plays two cross-divisional games. So there's no possible way in a three-way tie scenario you can have a common opponent upon all three teams. It's, so that's BS and it shouldn't be in there. So tiebreaker five is just thrown out because it's stupid. Um, number six used to say compare records against cross-divisional opponents in descending order of finish. Notice I did not say the word common. So compare records against cross-divisional opponents in descending order of finish. To me, that means you take whoever you lost to and say, who is the better loss? So if Tech lost to Marshall and UAB and USM both lost to Western Kentucky, then whichever one of those teams is better (laughs) would trigger the tiebreaker. So like if Marshall's ranked second and Western Kentucky's ranked sixth, let's say, then Tech would win because they lost to a better team. That's what that says to me. But apparently people in the conference office were confused because they decided to change it to include the word common. So now it says compare records against common cross-divisional opponents, which again is nonsense because there can't be a common cross-divisional opponent with three-way tiebreaker. So um, the next one, the the seventh tiebreaker, is the team with the highest CFP ranking, which is... uh, I I think that used to say BCS beforehand, which also didn't make any sense. The CFP only ranks the top 25, so yeah. Uh, Good luck having more than one team in the CFP top 25. And really, they give up around 20 anyway, so... Yeah, Yeah, well... So anyway, the eighth tiebreaker, which is what... Conference USA has come out on record and said if there's a three-way tie at six and two, Southern Miss would win because it is the team that has the longest title game drought. So that was the worst rule I have ever heard in my life. So UAB went last year, so they're out because why reward them for being good two years in a row? That that makes no sense. And so Tech went in 2016 when we uh, got blasted by Western Kentucky. We don't remember. Yeah. It didn't really happen. It never happened. <laughs> and Southern Miss went in 2015 when they beat the crap out of us to win the division, um, just to make us sad. So anyway. I mean, that's, a three-way tie feels destined to happen this year only because these are the three teams that won the last three West divisions right. year over year. It's it doesn't feel like there's any other teams in this conference in this at least division now. Oh, yeah, well. it's it's UAB, Southern Miss, Tech, and three easy wins. We say right before <laughs> we probably lose to Utsa. 
Utsa. I will call it what I want to. It's Kusa and Utsa. You need to stop it. So, I mean, they, they first of all, they changed the wording in the middle of the damn season. Like, right when... I, I, man, I'm I'm mad about they, it. And I mean, they changed it because it didn't make any sense to begin with, and that shouldn't have been allowed to happen in the first place. It still right. doesn't make sense. But now the fifth and sixth tiebreakers make even less sense because they're not even you can't even apply them in a three way tiebreaker. But anyway, sorry, I pr- we probably spent too much time on this already. But we did. bottom line is Tech has to win and UAB has to lose, and then we'll make it in. Hey, so just want to jump in real quick here. This is future Nathan or still past Nathan because you're listening to this after the, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so Conference USA once again kind of changed the rules here, this time in our favor, although I think Evan would still be just as upset as he was for them changing the rules in the first place. And they stated that if every team wins, so if Tech wins, UAB wins, and USM wins, the tiebreaker wouldn't be which team least recently went to the conference championship, which would have been USM, but instead is an aggregate across a few different computer polls. On Twitter, a tech fan named Daniel Valcho kind of ran a simulation of those computer polls to see what they would say, and he put in each game for Tech UAB and Southern Miss as a win to see how those polls would rank because the computer polls are pretty predictable. And what he has is that Tech would be ranked 66th, UAB 74th, and Southern Miss 70th, which means Tech would be the lowest ranked, and Tech would go to the conference championship. That's not set in stone, of course, and that depends on all three teams winning. So we'll just have to see how that goes. But there is another scenario where Tech makes the championship outside of Tech winning and UAB losing. It is much likelier that Tech gets into the Conference USA Championship game because they beat UTSA and UAB loses. In that scenario, Massey gives out about a 40% chance of happening of both games ending that way. FPI, it's more like a coin flip. It's a 49.8% chance. And in all three teams, Tech, UAB, and Southern Miss win scenario, that doesn't seem as likely. Both Massey and FPI give that about a 12% chance of happening. But you never know. It's nice to have another backup option there. Anyway, let's get back into it. Yeah, so about That's a coin flip. Let's go to the That's casino, put it all on black, and that determines whether or not... <laughs> it's oh, going to come up double zero, man. It's I will do that right now. No, <laughs> I will gosh, walk over no. to Horseshoe and do this. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time on this. Just maybe a quick yes, no. Do you think Tech makes the championship? No. 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 And, I'll, and I'll tell you why. UAB is going to win. That's why. UAB is not going to help us. I feel like, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say is because this is this is what we're destined for, guys. This is what this team was always destined for. Do we all obviously everyone here remembers what happened the last time Tech won nine. Yeah, uh, it was in 2012 and we didn't go bowling with the best off in the country. It's only fair that all these years later. While our offense is not nearly as good as it was in 2012, we go nine and three again. UAB wins on a last second field goal that double doinks oh, yeah. hits the crossbar and goes over. <laughs> it's, it's only fair that it happens that way because UAB wants to prolong our suffering because we've yeah. lost to them three years in a row. Here's where yeah. I think we are going. So I think Tech beats UTSA. I don't think that's the question mark here, right? It's the I think 50, we all think, shot. Yeah, I think we all think we're going to be TSA. Yeah, I, I mean. It, 
there's a chance, right? There's a reason you play the game. Something could happen. Uh, North Texas is not bowl eligible. No matter what happens against UAB, they will not be going to a bowl game. This is their last game this year. <laughs> this is Mason Fine's last game. <laughs> I feel like Nathan's about to give a speech like Denzel did and remember the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If I say I haven't seen it, then I can rip it off entirely and then just pretend like... No, but oh, I mean, there's a... There's a reason to think North Texas would play well in a game that they have to win. Not to really decide anything, but just because to do it for Mason Fine, to make Mason Fine look better, he's trying to get drafted, all the other stuff. Then you also have, they lost to Rice last week, which should go in the con- in the negative column in the like reasons why UAB should win. But good teams play well after bad losses, and North Texas is not a great team. They're a borderline good team, but after losing to Rice and only having one game left to play, I... I think that they play their hearts out or whatever you want to call it. And by doing so, and because that game ends half an hour after ours does probably, <laughs> we will watch Mason Fine kneel the ball out and send Tech to the Conference USA Championship game. And then he rips see, off his jersey to reveal a LaTeX shirt. <laughs> see, see here, here's what I, how I think this is going to go down. We're going to beat UTSA like 52 to 10, and then they're going to put the, the North Texas UAB game on the Jumbotron for the team and for like the 12 people in the stadium. And UAB is going to be down like 17 points with three minutes left, and then they're gonna win uh by one <laughs> just oh, just because just because you know i'm not sure how they would score eight points that's <laughs> hey, number. I, I don't <laughs> know either but cusa <laughs> will find a way to make it happen man and then we know that they'll shoot off the fireworks at the jail <laughs> yes <laughs> oh god listen, man yeah. listen you guys are overthinking this because okay josh here's what happens what's gonna happen. We're just going to lose to UTSA. <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. You know what, Josh? Oh, you know what, Josh? That, that's a horrible prediction. I'm sticking with and it. Score predictions. Go. Evan. 50 to 10. Josh. Tech. 20 to 16. UTSA. Uh, oh, no. I hate you so much, Josh. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be uh, – I'll try to expound upon this because I feel like we've got – I'm starting to worry because I feel like this whole particular episode, we're not – I mean, yeah, we focused on UTSA at the beginning, but mostly it was Evan telling us why CUSA officials are horrible, um, <laughs> which is – I mean, he's not wrong. But, yeah, I mean, they're not great. But a mobile quarterback could spell problems. I'm not saying it's definite, but if anything's going to be the Achilles heel of the tech defense, it's going to be a mobile quarterback. So aside from the fact that I'm pronouncing mobile like mobile, uh, <laughs> I will say tech still will <laughs> tech will still win this game. But I think it'll be a little bit closer than Evan's absurd 50 to 10 prediction. So I'm going to say it'll end up being 34-24 tech. Yeah, I also think that it's, I think we win the game. I think it's handily, but I think the score doesn't really represent it. Uh, I was going to say 27-17 tech. Sure, uh, maybe just like something like getting in the way of, uh, it's a quarterback who hasn't played in a few weeks, getting back in the groove, a slow start, kind of put the game away late, and then that we give up a garbage time touchdown or two. I just want Jamar to come out and be like LeBron James 2011, except we actually win. Well, speaking of things that aren't very likely to happen, <laughs> moving to Tech basketball now, Tech has a 24.9% chance to beat Indiana tonight, which is happening pretty much right as we're recording this podcast. Boo. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tech did handily beat Mississippi Valley State and North Alabama this week. Uh, both of those were blowouts, which we're hoping doesn't happen tonight against the Hoosiers. Uh, so there's not really too much to talk about there, except for Mo Muhammad. Uh, did either of y'all watch the either of those games on Kusa.tv? I had to try three different browsers to get it to work. <laughs> no, no, I did not. <laughs> I subscribed on Chrome. The video went load on Chrome. I went to Internet Explorer. The video didn't load on Internet Explorer. It worked on Firefox, though. So tech yeah. tip there. Firefox. Shout out Mozilla. Yeah. yeah. So Mama Hobbit against against Mississippi Valley State. 
He only went four for nine from the field. That's 10 points. But he did pull down pretty much a literal third, 31.6% of the rebounds while he was on the floor. Nice. So it's 31 point, uh, 32% of the time the ball hit the rim and missed. Whether on offense or defense, he came down with the ball. Pretty Dang. great. Pretty great. And then the next game, which we tweeted about this part, he had a double-double going into halftime with points and rebounds against North Alabama. This game I was able to watch. 73% from the floor is insane. Yeah, it's 11 shots, so small sample size, but still, that's that's incredible. Uh, and Tech really struggled early against North Alabama, something that didn't feel that likely going in. And near the end of the first half, Mo Mohamed was really the only thing keeping the dogs in it. And the reason why he had that double-double going into halftime is because everybody else was cold and he could just get all the rebounds off the rim. <laughs> when the rest of the team woke up in the second half, he had already cemented himself as the player of the game for the night. Yeah, that's great. Well, we do have one more basketball game after the Indiana one this week. So we'll be able to review the Indiana game and the Sanford game. That's not Stanford. Not Stanford, Stanford as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, still at Stanford, even though it has not changed since our basketball <laughs> preview episode. Pretty sure, pretty sure Stanford's over in your neck of the woods, Evan. Is it? I think it's in North or South Carolina, I think. Huh. They're yeah. the Bulldogs, so Battle of the Bulldogs. Tech is predicted to win 82% chance Boo. by BPI. Huh. So yeah, so keeping it a little more optimistic after a pretty downtrodden episode so far, Tech announced this week a new baseball stadium and women's sports complex. Evan, uh, what do you think about how all that looked? Man, I'm excited about the baseball stadium. It looks Absolutely. it looks great. Um, the seating's going from about 800 to, I, I believe it's going to be somewhere around 1,500 seats. And then there are dedicated berm seating areas for students and um, for people to sit along the right field fence. Um, so that's going to be really cool. Th- th- what they want to do is open the baseball and softball stadiums by the 2021 season. So that'd give them about a year and a half, I think, from right now. That's not how years work. It's like a year and four months or something like that, because usually yeah. you start in March, April. They want to yeah, open yeah. the women's soccer stadium by next season. So that's which like, is what which is what your boy excited about. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about this, uh, especially the prioritization of women's sports that Tech has decided to go with here. Uh, they really emphasized in in Tommy McClellan and when Les Geis was talking to they talked about how they place an emphasis on the women's sports and trying to upgrade those facilities to really be the class of conference USA and also the region. Excellent. Um, And so these sports we've already been on the come up in, right? We, we won the softball tournament a couple of times in the last few years. And then lost the coach. Yeah. And then lost our coach, but we'll see. I'm excited about the, Excited about the new coach and, and the soccer team had a good start this year. Um, I don't think they ended up doing very well, but they did. That's, not. that's kind of the curse of me noticing and talking about it <laughs> on GTPDD <laughs> is that they start to suck. But um, yeah. any, anyway, these, these facilities, uh, which will be side by side. If you haven't seen the renderings, go find them on uh latexsports.com or whatever. Spoken like I a think, true fan. Yeah. I think good? we, I think we retweeted them, but um, the women's soccer and softball stadiums will be right next to each other and there'll be like a field house between the two stadiums uh, gonna be fantastic yeah mm-hmm. over there to the what is that to the north of joy stadium kind of near where the band practice field yeah. is slash was maybe we don't know yeah. but it's to the east of it's more like northeast of the stadium but it's it's right along tech drive as you're coming down yeah, it's gonna yeah. be really cool i'm really happy about because i remember showing up to tech orientation like not having really been here going down tech drive and then seeing it didn't leave a good first impression that the like the grassy fields you see the stadium and the press box and the the new south end zone complex building all that help but it wasn't really the most welcome to our campus look 
of everything. And it's improved a lot in the last couple of years. But having that complex right there as you're entering the stadium area and as you're entering campus from the interstate, like most people do when you're coming to visit Ruston or Tech, really kind of puts forward that impression of, oh, look, no, we have really nice things here, which is nice to see. Yeah. And the baseball stadium, too, will be a huge part yes. of that on Tech I'm Drive. Happy. That's the one I'm happy about. Not because I don't like women's sports, but because well, I don't really love baseball. <laughs> well, speaking as someone who really doesn't really care, uh, I want to say that the hill was better. <laughs> no, I wow. mean, the new facilities are great. The emphasis on women's sports is, I think, something that is really important to all of us uh, and is a great representation of the university. Uh, I'm a big soccer mark, so I'm extremely excited to see that the uh, women are getting a new facility or even a facility considering the conditions right. of what they have now. So I'm really excited about that. It's interesting you say that, Nathan. You were coming down Tech Drive and looking at everything. Because I remember when I came down, anything looked better than Bozier. So I was impressed almost immediately. <laughs> so do we have a uh, – I'm going to steal Nathan's job. Do we have a – We don't have a tweet of the week, apparently. Or at least we don't have Matt. No, did I cut, cut or did Matt cut? Okay, I'm still cut. Yeah. No, Matt's – Oh, hey, Matt. God I want to steal God. Matt's thunder, stealing our thunder. Evan, you got a tweet of the week? How does that yeah. happen? <laughs> the same um, reason we lose the UAB. God's thanks, will. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Josh. We had a bunch of good stuff leading up to the UAB game. Um, uh, there was some great stuff from our good friend JC. But um, the tweet of the week is going to Andrew Holson, who made that great 45-second uh, clip of The Office um, where they're all doing like the – you know, the shootout Western <laughs> old West style. And he superimposed all of the uh, CUSA West logos on it and said, uh, <laughs> the battle for the conference USA West title is a little wild and just had that clip. And as we record right now, it's got 237 retweets and 806 likes, which I think is better than anything we've ever done. So oh, yeah. by, by my, by my. congrats uh, on that. Uh, but that is a great tweet. So um, I was a big fan of the show. Can't confirm. Excellent. Well, that about wraps it up this week since we don't have a contest preview yet. But we'll have that out pretty soon, I think. Right, Evan? Uh, yeah, the contest will be out on Wednesday. Um, you know, shout out to the UAB fans. We had seven come out to play, and uh, Rickolas Cage won. So oh. for for him, I, I haven't I haven't graded the Tech participants yet because I'll be honest, when Tech loses, I have no motivation to do that crap. So well, that about wraps it up for the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G O T E C H P L S D N T D I E. Or check out our blog for more information at gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm a dropped bass. Oh, oh. Josh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, well, I'll just spill it. And I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and go tech, please stop me from crying. Please. <laughs> please. Good luck. on twitter at g-o-t-e-c-h-p-l-s-d-n-t-d-i-e or check our blog for more information at g-t-p-d-d-dot-dog how many times did you practice that in the mirror this morning i didn't my plan was not to think about it and i didn't
<laughs> and until next time, I'm Nathan.